podcast hosted today by these knobs jared brandon me todd novak and we've got a special guest john lasco he is a local guitar uh can i call you a guitar god yeah, around yeah, here yeah, i don't know about that <laughs> i i call me a guitarist I yes like. <laughs> he's, a, he's a prominent uh guitarist uh mm-hmm. and to be completely honest his uh he, he, he's uh, his daughter yeah. uh, lives right next door to me, uh, yeah. and one day they came over and they said, "Hey, hey, my my dad, he he really likes guitar. Can he come over and hang out and look at your guitars?" And I was like, "Well, yeah, sure." And he comes over here and plugs in, and I was like, "Holy crap!" <laughs> <laughs> his fingers just started smoking, and so I come to find out he's a um, he's a fixture uh, on uh, as a jazz musician. And has a, a storied past of uh, other types of music, plays all kinds. Um, and, but most importantly, um, uh, maybe not most importantly, but uh, he's also a teacher. And with someone who is a teacher who has uh, quite a lot of years, <laughs> I'll say that nice, right? <laughs> quite a lot of years of experience uh, with, with the guitar. Um, that's something that is important to to me to to uh, access, and uh, I think you know I was talking to him last night, and I said, you know, he he, he said, I, I don't know what, I don't know why anybody wants to hear what I have to say, and um, my comment to him was was that um, you know, wisdom is acquired. That's the only way you can get it. Sage, sage wisdom and and experience can only be acquired through time, and so when you stumble across somebody who's been doing something that you have a passion for three times as long as you have, you listen and you ask lots of questions. So I said, hey, I'd love to have you on. Um, learn, love to hear about your, your guitar history, um, the gear that you've played, what influenced you, um, hear your, your uh, perspective as a teacher and give us some tips. So at the end of this, he's gonna he's gonna drop some some knowledge on us that we can move forward with as guitar players or enthusiasts and um, help us down the road. So 
We had some rocking out uh, tunes right before this. I want to mention, and that was on John's sixty-eight. Right. Yeah. Fender Jazzmaster in triple Olympic white. So that's white headstock, white binding, and and factory white over factory sunburst. Oh my God! Brazilian uh, <laughs> rosewood uh, fingerboard too. It's just yeah. beautiful. With with the uh, the rectangle was that rectangle not the mother trapezoid. of toilet seat. We have mother <laughs> rectangle mother of toilet seat, and he has the original, yeah. never been taken off, uh, buckle guard. This big giant plastic piece that fit. I said, I told you. you I did. did yeah. it's, it's I've been like, around. Yeah, I've been around guitars for at least thirty years of my life, and I've never seen one of those before. Yeah, ever until tonight. It's like a big plastic cap over the back, a see-through plastic. It's like yeah. it's like having plastic on your sofa. That's <laughs> true. It protects it, and yeah. you can wear those big belt, big belt right. buckles. And, right. And, Do you wear big belt buckles? Not often, but I, uh. you know, if, if I ever did, and, and back then I don't remember if I did, but I, you could, you didn't have to worry about scratching sure. the guitar. Yeah. yeah. In fact, Gretsch used to put a pad on them that snapped on. Uh huh. I, I played it. I think I, I mentioned that in one of the right. old podcasts. So my oh, old, wow. one of my old yeah. jet Gretsch's had it, and it snapped on with a, a Falcon yeah. or a right. Jet. It was or. the. Uh, it was the uh, Chet Atkins model. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I remember the first time I saw that, I, th- I thought, <laughs> well, I was young, and I thought, oh, wow, they must have they must have broken it and cut a hole in the back, and this is the way they patched it up. Boy, this is terrible. Why would they do that? Yeah. No, and it was Naga Hide. It yeah. Wasn't, yeah. Yeah, it snaps yeah. Naga Hide. It, looked, it almost yeah. looks like a, like a resonator it thing did, or yeah. something. So. Very strange. That was a high-end guitar. Yeah. So. Um, so, uh, anyway, so that was on a, on a gorgeous, gorgeous guitar with a neck that you guys would not believe. It was just like running your fingers over a stick of butter. It was beautiful. And then we also had a little bit from Jared's personal, uh, jewel. Yeah. My favorite guitar, it's a 62 Gibson SG mm-hmm. and, uh, it still has the Les Paul truss rod cover on it before... Les Paul threw a fit and said, "Get that, get my name off of those guitars." Mm-hmm. But uh, so it's 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 my favorite guitar in the whole world. I'll never mm-hmm. ever get rid of it as long as I can help it. And that's got the uh, ebony block right. in the back. I was gonna right? say, it's got ebony the ebony block, block tailpiece on it. And I've never rare. seen that. And I've been around guitars. I was on, you know, and that's, that was that was that was something I have not seen before. That's so bizarre. Yeah, that's so. and it's cool. It's cool to see something you've never seen before yeah. for the first time. Yeah. When you thought you've seen it all, yeah. there's always something around the corner. <laughs> yeah. And that's what's exciting about guitars. I love it. Yeah, it was. It's definitely exciting for me to... I Oh, man, I geek out around. I love it. And two original cases, too. What? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And mine's man. got the old case smell. This is the, the original show. Yeah. Anyways, okay, onward and upward, everybody. Jared, what's new? Oh, man, I've been talking about the Gibson L6-S. And um, mm. today, or today, the other day, I decided on a color. And uh, so the past <laughs> week, I was thinking about it. Hold your, hold it, your pants, it's gonna be. It's going to be... It's going to be Speedboat Sparkle. <laughs> of course, you probably knew that, right? But it's going to be orange. I love speed, it. I love the fact that it's orange. Sparkle orange. Man. I love that it's orange. Yeah, really. I can't wait to see that thing when it's done. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm sure there's a couple collectors out here who are like just absolutely 
like clawing at their face right now. Just what are you doing? Painting it that color? Yeah. Well, they they came mainly natural. Right. Yeah. That's right. Boring yeah. for that guitar, in my opinion, because it's a thinner guitar. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> it's I, like it's like the width of an SG, isn't it? Kind of. Yeah. yeah. If not thinner, it's real small. Yeah. But it uh, it's real light. It's um, it's maple, mm-hmm. I believe. Uh, it looked like. The, when I got it, it looked like the person who had it last had a cat, and the cats clawed yeah. at it. Yeah. So I, I talked to the fellows that were working on it just the other day, and we were discussing color, and they said, yeah, man, that, that came out really easy. We just we already prepped it up, and it's in the yeah. paint booth ready yeah. to go. Mm-hmm. I was pretty surprised because it uh, usually takes a little longer process, but eh. Whatever, man. I'm I'm just thrilled about it. I went to see. Well, the, I'm thrilled uh, about it too. Yeah, the the pick guard guy about. I'm it. Ex- so Jer- Jared has offered yeah. to give that away to our list. Because really? <laughs> it's orange. Well, you know, you can, you know just kidding. Just kidding. Natural. So everybody understands. Jared is not giving that guitar away. <laughs> right. Just except maybe to me, but probably well, we're not. We're definitely gonna play it. I think. Yeah, we'll we'll de- we'll definitely bring it in and, and he'll play it. And, oh, I'll bring it in. Yeah. Um. And now and that has the uh the the resin um what do they call like resin coated pickups? Yes. Yes. Yep. It uh, epoxy resin filled pickups. Yeah. They originally came with and you know I don't really so want imagine like one of those things like when you see like a scorpion encased mm-hmm. in resin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But this is a pickup. Encased in this, <laughs> yeah. So if it breaks or or whatever, you can't fix it. It's yeah. broken forever, and and you can't tear the thing apart to fix the the break inside. So I'm not going to build them that way. I'm going to build them to the same specification, but not going to use that epoxy stuff. Yeah. So yeah, I'm going to uh, do my best to reverse engineer an original. You're going to use this bestest, huh? My bestest. Now I've got a retainer <laughs> now because my front tooth, my crown broke, so I got to big full retainer up into the roof of my mouth just for my one front tooth yep yep he's gonna take it out everybody there he is Ta-da. i had that for years man well yeah it's Same it's thing. uh and then you start lisping right yeah. well it's it's um temporary because i am going to get a implant yeah wow. yep i got one i got both my front teeth knocked out separately Oh, talk about fun times. <laughs> Anyways, um, okay, cool. So that's that's you're gonna keep keep giving us progress on that. Oh, absolutely. Awesome. Okay, John, so what's you, up? I was gonna ask you. Are you gonna are you gonna use are you gonna pot the pot the pickups? I am. Yeah, you know, and wax. Are you gonna pot the pickups and wax? And uh, yes, okay. I am. That's that's what I was hoping you would do. That. This oh, way yeah. you can fix them. That's right. <laughs> it's true. So what's good with me? Let's see. Okay, well. Um, Currently, I'm teaching guitar and violin, and uh, that takes most of my Saturdays. And uh, I don't even know if I'm playing tomorrow, but it could be. But I know the, the sound you have to How have many gigs do you do, uh, uh, like a month, do you think? A month? Uh, it really depends on the month. In summer, in the spring, it slows down. And this time of year, it kicks in. You should get calls for parties and things like that. Yeah. I've played at Brookside Country Club here in town. Yeah. And you know, and other restaurants and uh, yeah. just things like that. So is that? So, we'll get into this a little bit I later. Don't, I don't but advertise because I'm teaching. Plus, you know, you're a busy man, busy guys, and so. you got a real job. You got a big, you got a big <laughs> yes, boy job. Yes, I got a big boy job. Um, so. But that, that's an interesting thing yeah. that I maybe we can touch on after because I know you've yeah. been in a, a whole bunch of you know bands and mm-hmm. you know you've played all over the place 
And yeah. so like the difference between, you know, big stages versus like, mm-hmm. you know, hitting to hitting the restaurant, yeah. you know, like, you know, playing for several hours, that's not an easy thing to do. Yeah. Well, we used to do about four hours yeah. before, before sets and wow. things like that. Yeah. And that is hard. Yeah. And, uh, and uh, I f- I'm feeling it lately. Not not years ago, but I am. Yeah. Like, it's about so forty five to fifty songs, if I'm not mistaken. Well, right? I, I have a book. Actually, I brought the book with me. Is six hours worth of music in it? Wow! And I, we <laughs> just read the charts and we just run through them. And most of them are jazz favorites and things like that. Yeah. And, uh, oh, cool. Um. So as for me, um, yeah. I at the last show that Jared and I went to, um, I picked up a. I, I it's. I feel bad if I go to a guitar show and I don't buy something. <laughs> so you, I went to that guitar show too. So yeah, okay. I went to that guitar show too. Yeah. You did? Yeah. In June. Detroit? Oh, not in Detroit. Okay. Okay. Oh no 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 the Hilliard one. So we yes, probably yeah. ran into it. Yeah. yeah. So this one we just got. We went to the Detroit one, and um, that was a really interesting experience. I'm we I met an awful lot of people. Kind of had a little bit of a. I shared Jared and I kind of co-opted a stand together he he was selling his pickups and stuff and i had all i had all the uh, guitar knob stuff out and talked with an awful lot of people so if you were at that show and you're listening hello and welcome i'm glad i met you um and there was some there's some really cool gear and there was some really funky gear um but i happened upon a tape and i'm gonna be kind of i might feel a little bit bad about saying this because i i happened upon a table and there was a uh, a rat pedal sitting there, and I've I've always wanted one, and it was it was in really good shape, and it was sitting there with the box, and I happened to I picked it up and I turned it on the back, and I see this I see this little sticker that says Keeley Electronics, and I was like, and I looked, and it's got a little toggle on the top between filter and volume. I was like, this has got a this has got a Keeley mod on it, and it's in it's in excellent shape, mm-hmm. and these things are built like tanks. And the, 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 the potentiometers on these are just, I mean, they're the kind that you just want to keep turning and turning because <laughs> they're nice and heavy. I mean, the thing's heavy. I mean, yeah, if, but if you lock your on keys here, in your car, it screams quality. You lock your keys in your car, you could bust your window with that. Yeah. Thing easily. So, uh, anyhow, I looked at the price tag and it says, it said $60 firm. Mm. <laughs> and I was like, Wait, what's wrong with it? <laughs> And I said, is that a Keeley mod on this? And he's like, well, geez, I don't know. And I said, I'll take it. (laughs) (laughs) Because that right there is, you know, another 45 bucks on top of the actual pedal price, Mm -hmm. which is, I saw two others there for 90. Mm -hmm. So I score. Yes, you did. So that is, um, uh, that was what I would maybe call a, Goal. <laughs> you know what? I borrowed that and I plugged that thing in today, and it, it's just the mod makes a world of difference. It's, yeah, it it's does. Fantastic. I'll tell you what the mod is real quick for those who are going like, tell us about the mod, dude. There's Please. a little handy piece of paper. See, that's what I understand. There's a sticker in there. There's a sticker on the pedal. Mm-hmm. There's a piece of paper in here that says this is a Keeley mod, and the guy selling it was like, I don't know. You know, the guy probably had in his mind, well, somebody messed with it. It's probably not worth retail value now. I don't know. Well, yeah, that could be. So it's a it's a three way toggle switch, uh, uh, and um, the one of them is the classic rat sound. Yeah, classic rat sound. 
Uh, if, and that's to the right. If you switch it to the left, that is what's called a fat rat with a pH. Really? Mm-hmm. Um, normally, the rat has two diodes in circuit for clipping, but we add another in order to achieve a tube-type tone. Mm-hmm. Volume is increased slightly, and there's an added richness to the signal. Fatter and more complex characteristics are present in this mode. If you switch it to the center, this is the Mighty Mouse mode. <laughs> Prepare for super volume output. We take a diode from the circuit, so this thing, we take out a diode from the circuit, so this thing is raging with volume. Great natural sounding gain, and then some. There's enough volume to boost any amp into true overdrive. I mean, how can I not buy this, right? <laughs> You've got all these choices. Oh, I mean, man. So I'm super excited. I, I ran. I didn't run home. I drove home. Switch all the way to the right is my favorite. Yeah. I was, see, that's interesting. I liked it kind of all the way to the left. Yeah. Oh, different flavors. Horses for courses. Right. As they say over across the pond. Um um hello uk users <laughs> um and listeners so okay so that was what i did so i was really excited i got i got myself a new pedal and i've been playing with that messing around with that oh i'll do that the next one i'll wait for next episode to tell the other thing it's very exciting for me what what you guys can't hear that but i can because i have headphones on oh we can hear it later yeah right yeah <laughs> um so anyways let, let's get on to our main topic um as I mentioned before, uh, we introduced uh, John, and um, it, uh, he's going to—he's going to tell us a little bit about, you know, from whence he came, some about, you know, some of the gear he's got. I know he's got a couple great stories, and and he's got—he is not afraid of talking. So if I cut in, I'm not being a jerk. I'm just trying to make sure that we don't go three hours. Okay. Um, and we got—we're uh, going to have loads of questions. Um, so John. Yes. How old are you? I'm 63 years he's old. 63, and he's still rocking guitar. I love yeah. it. Okay. <laughs> um, the only reason I'm asking you that... That's okay. <laughs> ...is because that's, that is in, immediately going to give everybody who's like much, much younger to that a little bit of perspective yes. on why you're here and the stories you're going to tell. Mm-hmm. Okay? okay? So um, I'll prompt you with some questions. Okay. When did you first start playing guitar? I started playing guitar as uh, probably, uh, I would say, seventh seventh grade, like that. Seventh grade? Yeah, seventh what grade. What made you start? Well, here's what happened, is that uh, my parents decided we were going to have music lessons, so they picked the violin for me, and they picked the guitar for my brother. Hmm. And uh, it all also coincided with the fact that we were in, uh, you know, junior high and, you know, it's like sixth grade and, you know, whatever that, you know, sixth grade. So, uh, and then I liked the cello, but, you know, it didn't work uh, commuting in uh, New York City on subways and buses and things like that. We lived on Staten right. Island, so we had to take the bus. And if anybody knows Staten Island, New York, that's where we grew up. So uh, we, for school, we picked the violin. And uh, for some reason, my brother ended up with the guitar, but he didn't have to do the violin. So... Uh, so I was playing the violin, and I was taking formal lessons, and uh, my brother was playing the guitar. And every time I complained about it, my mom would tell me, well, you know, you don't want to tell your brother this, but my brother knows now, but, uh, you know, you have talent for music, so we, we thought you should learn the violin. And, and the guitar is kind of a... And that was their perspective on it. So uh, 
That so was pretty I, common back then, right? It I was, know. yeah, back in 19, yeah. whatever, it was 1966 or something like that. So, um, Did whenever. they have the violin at school? Did they have the orchestra yes, at, yes. at school? So yes, you played did. in that too, right? Right, and so. uh, we ended up uh, getting our own violin like you can today. Yeah. You can get violins. And, and I still play the violin. I teach violin. And uh, so what happened was uh, a very simple story of what happened was I was playing the violin, and my brother was playing the guitar, and he'd go out, and, you know, he'd be playing, and I'd be playing his guitar. And because I was taking violin lessons, and you should relate to this, Jared, I was able to apply what I learned onto the guitar, and I started reading his music. And even though one's tuned in fifths and one's tuned in thirds, mm -hmm. I was able to learn the fingerings from both and keep it going. So lo and behold, it's Christmas, and we're, gonna, we're up on Christmas, right? And, of course, my parents, after spending all this money on lessons, decided they, you know, We'd like you to entertain the family. They're over. and uh, They wanted to see a they, return. They wanted to return. They, and they <laughs> thought I would play the violin and my brother would play at least chords on the guitar. And, and, and all my cousins would think that was great. But living in Staten Island, the violin wasn't really that hip. Okay, And I, I had some really beautiful cousins Okay, that were our age. So uh, my brother didn't want to play guitar. So... I said, well, you know, let, let me play that guitar. And he goes, you can't play guitar. And I said, what? Let me just see if I can. So I, I took his guitar, and we uh, opened up his Christmas book, and uh, we uh, played really well. I, and, and my cousins were impressed, my girl cousins, the guys. You know. right, and that right. was my uh, first uh, sense of a good reason to play guitar, guys, you know, yeah. learn how to, because girls think it's cool. I mean, yeah. is there any other reason that <laughs> started, anybody started? Well, yeah. Well, actually, you need to play hard rock. Your buddies think it's cool. Yeah. You see, when you start playing other stuff, you know. Okay, so what were you actually like? What were you playing? Well, at I was that point? I was playing an Italian guitar which had the name Douglas on the upper bout, mm -hmm. and uh, it, it was a good guitar, but it was it was truly a a student's model back then. The fingers, you know, the strings were very high off the board. Like you would get at Sears or something. Right, right. exactly. You get this at Sears and, and things like that. And it was after that that my parents realized that I could play guitar and they were getting more results from me. So I was able to get another guitar and we did our shopping. Hmm. We went to Sears and we looked at the silver tones and things like that. But then my father took me to Sam Ash in Brooklyn, which was the store to go. And we went in there, and we brought a Royal Artist Bruno, and it looked like a Gibson 335, and it was a blue burst. It's a really cool guitar. had the, the to to tortoise shell on the top, and it was red, and it was, it was really a sharp guitar. But the strings were high, and I learned a lot about guitars on that, like by lowering the strings, mm -hmm. adjusting. I mean, you really started this learning. This is an electric about, guitar? Yeah, it was. It was, a, it was okay. looked like a 335. Ah. But it actually was a little bit like a Moserite, because the pickup... Was actually oh, tilted. cocked. Oh, but that was a, that was a huge thing. Like yeah, that, yeah. All of a sudden, everybody did that. Yeah, right. right. It was, a, and, and if you ever played a Mozart guitar, they're not that great, you know. Like, well, and, it's and, it's interesting you say that. Right, um, really? I yeah. actually ran into one yeah. of the guys from the Ventures. Really, that's good. At the last guitar show. And what happened? And he was and, saying the exact same thing. Yeah, they're just because <laughs> when I finally got my hands on a Mozart, I'm like, this is such a great guitar, and I picked it up, and I said, this is not a great guitar. Right. But and and I and I thought that the only way they've played these is that it must have really like taking them somewhere and had them worked on yeah like that, that's all. and then so. then it fell in the hands of johnny ramone yeah and the rest <laughs> is history yeah um okay so uh you you're, you're you got that one you're saving up and then you yeah. wanted a 335 right yeah. why 
I just wanted a, a, a semi hollow body. Was it was someone influencing that at all? Uh, I think I was thinking Ted Nugent, but I don't think he was playing out yet. Then maybe it's like you know I remember him playing, but he was playing yeah. uh, the. Like, were you into 70s, the Beatles? Wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, the Beatles. Yeah, right? I mean, so they, yeah, yeah. I was into the Beatles. Yes, I was listening to the Beatles. Sure. So yeah, Ted Nugent was the seventies, but uh, and he he. Uh, he wasn't playing. I, I got the guitar. It's in my head, but I, I don't remember the exact name of it. Yeah. It's a beautiful guitar. But um, but I was used to listen to Beatles, and then you saw the British Invasion, and the Rickenbacker looked a lot like it. That guitar was, that Royal Arts Bruno was a little bit everything. It had, yeah. you know, it was it was heavy in a sense that it had a lot of binding. The, yeah. the pickup was off-angled, and it had... It had a 335 and a Rickenbacker look at the same time. And the headstock was kind of like a, it looked like actually a Mosrite, the headstock. So uh -huh. I think they... they, they but that was kind of yeah. like all the, yeah. they all kind of had that, right. this sort of the uh, the, yeah. the Gibson copy where they just kind of took a take on that it, a little yeah, bit. Right? They yeah, they took a take on it. And, uh, so, But it was a good guitar. I mean, I learned a lot on it. And... Yeah. Uh, it's, uh, but I was how, ready. How did you go about learning? Were you getting lessons at that time? No, I was. I was actually using my brother's guitar lesson book, uh -huh. and I was still taking violin lessons. So my brother was taking guitar, and then he dropped out. But the books so you're still learning. You're, you're stu you were still learning music theory. That's actually a lot harder to say than <laughs> music theory. <laughs> you were still learning. Yeah. You were still learning music theory. Try it, right. Brent, Jared. You were still learning music theory. Yes, well, and how I was are you saying it faster than I am? I, I was still learning music theory, and uh, <laughs> and uh, but actually, I took three years of violin lessons, and with that, there was a lot of theory. Yeah. But then I ended up at Dr. Trogan's uh, on Victory Boulevard, and uh, and he was actually a core. You played the piano and you did theory, mm. and my father was a piano player. So he wanted me to play the piano, but I think I was intimidated. He was so good. He used to play out, and he was, I mean, but they always had the piano there, so you didn't have to cart it around. But mm -hmm. he was so good, I, I realized that, that I, I was never going to reach his, his ability. Mm -hmm. And I should have started earlier with him mm -hmm. to be a piano player, but then I learned a lot about composition and things like that. Mm -hmm. So I went to Dr. Trogan's, and that was very, very good. And so, as you're as you're still continuing, sort of your, I guess what would might be termed a classical learning, yeah, your love for guitar is growing, right? And you're, are you sleeping with the guitar at this point? <laughs> it was in my room, and, and uh, well, it was interesting because like we didn't get an amplifier, so what we did was we we had a radio, and then we had uh, a TV or record player console. Uh -huh. So um, it had a microphone input, didn't right, it? Right, it did. And yep. what happened is my father and I actually rewired a cable. To and went from a, it was an RCA jack to the other kit jack, right, and, and right. like an, I don't know what it was, but we rewired it so I could plug the guitar in there, and I had a good sound out of it. Yeah, and then uh, well, it probably was a little distorted, right? Because smaller speakers and yeah but at least i was getting it i was able i had some tone right it was breaking like up that. and yeah. it was breaking up I was, and i was getting a little dirt out of it it was great yeah, like, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. so then uh, we ended up getting a silver tone amp and that was used i don't know if we we bartered my brother and i bartered my brother was playing guitar a little bit at that point and uh we we bartered and we bartered and bartered some of those mm -hmm. things and see that's a little hard to say for any yeah for those that don't know what barter is that just means trade yeah, yeah we traded up and traded in and uh, 
But it had to. It was a big box with this little speaker in it. Did you remember yeah. that? Yeah. It, it was like it, it looked like a bandmaster, but it had a, you know, a mini band. But it had this like ten inch speaker, and it just didn't hold up. Maybe it was like an eight. I don't know what it was, but we that broke up a lot. And then I remember getting speakers and cutting the Bigger thing out, out for you. and then uh, using a jigsaw. Yeah. You take the screen out and then use a jigsaw, and then you put mm. new speakers in. Yeah. But I learned a lot about ohms at that point, and sure. you know how to match it up with the amp and things like that. Mm -hmm. We blew up. Then I remember getting a. This is really funny. You'll get a kick out of it. So those things you used to actually plug them into the, the jack, and they were a box. Yeah. It was a small jack, about maybe three inches by four, mm -hmm. and it was a boost. And that's oh. what. And then you plugged your guitar into it, so you get that, that big muff sound out of right. it. Yeah. And it lasted about twenty minutes, and it killed the amp. It just totally blew it up. <laughs> like, See, there was no YouTube. <laughs> no, to, no, no, no. To look at to learn any of this yeah, stuff, yeah. So, so it was just. You know, right. trial by error. So you, you you did a lot of fooling around and trying to right. make and then I remember my dad come home and, and I was I was back to the T V console looking mm -hmm. at it and I was warned not to play it too loud. But you know, you went through these things and you tried different things and then you borrowed amps and things like that. One of my favorite amps was an amp similar to what we had over there was an ampeg with a turn head and a friend of mine played oh, yeah. the bass yeah. and he brought it over and, and that was I mean you can just Super drive cool. anything. Yeah. yeah. It had, yeah. Yeah. So John was referencing, um, and sorry, I failed yeah. to mention this. Uh, yeah. The amp that we were playing at the at the beginning of this mm -hmm. uh, is is my uh, amp built by Dave Harris, uh, who we did an episode, one of our, I think, episode nine with. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that's the uh, the two band factory, and that's the um, the fourteen watt, and that's out of a, uh, a carbon twin vintage thirty uh, cabinet. Uh, with rattlesnake cables, uh, yeah. input and speaker cable. I think I've covered everything off. Yeah. <laughs> um, so okay, so so you're you are an you are an emerging guitar player. Mm -hmm. You are a seedling yeah. guitar player. Yeah. And but with probably more skill than most of the people around you at this point. I would say so. Yeah. I mean, because uh, the way you learned songs was you you've played the forty fives mm -hmm. and what you figured out. What I figured out. It was that when I played a guitar, is that I could never be in tune with the 45. But the Victrola, the famous Victrola console, you were able to slow the the record down. Yeah. You were able to adjust it. So if you put a record on it, you can adjust it where it was a quarter step down and now, or a quarter step up, you know, and you uh -huh. actually needed to speed it up. So you could speed it up and actually... Um, play along, play along with it, which was yeah. like great. When I got my, you know, my yeah. ten years after album, and I wanted to play like Alvin Lee, and I, you know, I was like, and the strings were too high on the guitar to do that. But then I had to adjust my strings. So uh -huh. uh, there was a lot of like finagling to get to where you wanted to go and to be, you know, you want to be a guitarist, you know, yeah. and, you know, you listen to a guy like Charlie Christian, you're trying to get that sound and things like that. But uh, but like I remember listening to Alvin Lee, and like I want to sound like him. What a such a fast guitarist. You yeah. Know? And, uh, so, and yeah. then what happens? So now, so now you you've you've learned you okay. you have the the you've got the guitar skills. You yeah. you're moving forward. Mm -hmm. At this point, I imagine you're probably going like, "Hey, I'm supposed to be in a band, right?" Right. Well, I was playing out, and I was playing at different places, and I was doing a lot of hard rock. And my dad was basically a thirty forties player at on a piano, and he said to me, "Hey, John, will you when are you going to stop playing that?" 
You know yeah. that he, you can say crap. It's okay. Crap. <laughs> when are you going to stop playing our crap? And I was like, "What's the matter?" And he said, "You know, you want to earn a living and you want to make some money and you want to pay for college." He said, "Start paying society music." And he says, "You know, society music, society jazz, jazz right. right?" And yeah. uh, and uh, you know, stuff that people like to hear, like you know, something <laughs> I could pay for, you know, like that kind right, of. Thing. He was right. really letting me know that you know that. That kind of thing was going on. Um, was he a stern guy, or was he open-minded? He was in the or? Navy his whole life. Okay. Okay. Uh. And then when he, he left the Navy, he continued to work at the Brooklyn Navy Yard. Okay. And he uh, was in the drafting room, and he... Uh, so he was really open-minded. Yeah, I would say. Yeah. He was open-minded for a guy from, you know, nineteen. For, for a career Navy guy. Oh, yeah. yeah I mean, okay. yeah, yeah. WW2? Yeah. He did go to World War II, okay. yeah. He was in the Pacific. And he's still alive. He His wow. birthday... No kidding. Was November twenty eighth. He's ninety nine years old. Oh goodness! Wow. And my mom's ninety seven. Good for them. And uh, I'm going. I'm, we're planning to have a big party when he hits a hundred. So Holy I gotta, moly! I got to get back to New York. Well, next time you guys swing him, yeah. swing. Yeah, I'd like to meet him. Yeah. Like to, okay. If, if, well, so, if you, if you ever bring him next door. Anyways. Yeah. Okay, we're getting all <laughs> yeah. personal. So okay. here we go. Um, so yeah. Back to but the bands. You're playing hard bands. rock. Like, okay, who's influencing but, you now? Yeah, here's here's what happens. I was okay. looking for a Stratocaster, and I could not get a Stratocaster, and all the Staten Island. In the stores, they were either overpriced, you couldn't find it, mm-hmm. and I was checking the newspapers. So I finally, I'm looking in the, the, the Staten Island advance, and I look at it, and someone's selling a Fender Jazzmaster. Mm-hmm. I didn't even know what a Jazzmaster was, but it was a Fender. They wanted 150 bucks for it. And like I only had $75 saved. So uh, my dad takes me to see the guitar. And we look at it, and we and we lived in Great Hills, and we moved. We went down to uh, at the time, and we went to Dongan Hills, and this house was twice the size that this our is in house. New York. Yeah, this is the Staten Island, New Staten York, Island, right. and the house was beautiful. The, the kid is a senior in high school at Newdorp High School, and and then next thing I know, you know, he's got a, he's got a '67 Mustang. You know, yeah. you know the t- you know the type of kid. Sure, right? He's sure. got the car. He's got the yeah. guitars. He's got, his name I was Chaz. In. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Bradley. I know Chaz, but it's not yeah. the same Chaz. No. So I walk in, and there he's sitting there. Uh, uh, is a Gibson three three thirty five and a three fifty five mm-hmm. red. Wow. And he's selling the white Jazzmaster. Oh, that must have been a twist. <laughs> So I tried the Jazzmaster out on a Vibrolux amp. I was, mm. I'm thought I was in heaven. Okay. Uh, yeah. I said this is the great. now the action was I like high. the Vibro. I like yeah. the Vibrolux. Yeah, I own a Vibrolux now too. Yeah. I, I don't travel with it much because it's it's huge. It's yeah. it's heavy, but you know, but I played it through that. It was like a done deal, and I didn't have the money. So my dad got together with his dad, and they got it down to 125. And next thing I know, um, I gave him my seventy-five dollars, and my dad gave him the rest, and I, I paid my dad back. Thank you, Dad. I did. No, but wow. he he lent me the money, and he told yeah. me I'm lending you money. And he leans over and he says, "You know, that's what I earn in one week before taxes." Oh my goodness! Isn't that something? Wow. So that guitar at one hundred twenty-five dollars was his weekly salary. That's a lot of money back then. Yeah. You know, so you think about that in perspective. Yeah. Right? I was like, wow. So. I think some more perspective is also that yeah. there was a point where you couldn't find a, a Stratocaster. Well, you can find it, but there now is like yeah. millions of them. Like you, you can't. 
yeah. go anywhere without tripping over one. Well, you have you, piles of them at home. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, if you, if you walk into a music store and you look for a strap, they they come in and they're out. Yeah. I mean, I remember that there was there's a couple of music stores in Staten Island, and you'd go in and the aspects are out, and you go to Sam Ash, and they'd have one or two. And this on is the post wall. Jimmy too. This right? is post. Yeah. Well. But yeah. That makes once, sense. Yeah. That makes perfect sense of why yeah. CBS yeah. tried to. Um, or I mean, yeah. CBS, I'm sorry, Fender, yeah. no longer or, or owned by CBS. I'm tripping on my words. I can't get this yeah. straight here, guys. I'm sorry. Yeah. That's why they tried to up their uh, manufacturing number on those things. And uh, the, mm -hmm. the quality in the manufacturing uh, process actually changed in the mid-'70s, probably due to the demand. So it's, it, it's well, making actually, a lot of sense. Before Jimi Hendrix, it was it was falling off. People were going towards like the the Gibson uh, three thirty five, mm -hmm. and if I remember right, the Gibson Les Paul that got to be very popular. Yeah. And uh, I remember I always wanted a gold top, and I actually me I too. did I did buy a gold top with mini humbuckers, and I was disappointed because oh. the mini humbuckers okay yeah. didn't didn't have the drive. It sounded like the other you know. Right. So and I actually sold the Jazzmaster that one there. Then I for the buy the gold top, sold the gold top, and bought my guitar back. Oh wow! <laughs> so that, that, that was pretty wild, you know. Wow, good move. You know, so so you've owned that twice. I've owned it twice. That's so I, amazing. I, it's like that's not, you know when you pay for something twice. I mean, yeah. You know, so I bought, and uh, I remember finding the gold top. I'm like that's it. That's the I mean, there were many humbuckers, and it was a great guitar. The neck was like a baseball bat. Yeah. yeah at that right? point, they were pretty Flat, heavy. And yeah. I was used to that radius. And, you know, it was like, and it was like like the SG. Remember, it had the flat and then the, the, you know, the, the tunematic bridge was flat too, but it, right. you know, it didn't match the curve on the neck. And it just had a slight curve. So, uh, but uh, I ended up, the Les Paul just didn't cut it. And it was it was a heavy son of a gun. It was yeah. it was heavy. And then, and the Jasmine is not light by any means. but. No. At betcha it's two or three pounds lighter, and for a guitar, that's a lot when it's eight sure. pounds, ten pounds, you know, whatever it is. So I remember I sold the gold top and bought the Jazzmaster back from the guy who sold it. Wow. You know, so. So have have you done anything to that uh, Jazzmaster? Okay, right after I got it back, uh, the front pickup went dead on it. Mm -hmm. mm. And there was a guy named Larry DiMazio who was working out of a two-car garage he had a he had a red afro. He had a bit of big. I mean, he had a lot of hair, and he was kind of like almost like a psychedelic kind of guy. Or I don't know, but he had the little shop. You know, he had the VW van in front of the place, and I don't know if it was his, but it was always sitting there. Mm -hmm. And it, it was uh, it was on the southern end of of uh, Staten Island, mm -hmm. somewhere between Annandale and Tom. I can't remember exactly where it is now because it's been like forty years or something. He's like still that. there. Get well, actually, is he really? His you know? his company is still there, but yeah, I but think now he he's famous. In, and yeah, he's no out in Arizona now. I think he's re probably my, retired. Yeah, but my pickup. Well, he was a, he's about five years older than me. I'd say five or mm -hmm. six years older than me, but uh, not more than that though. But I remember taking my guitar there, and the pickup went dead. And I don't know what he did, but I got it back, and it was hotter than that. It was it was like playing a Les Paul. It just and it was a single coil. It's like a, you know, it's like a hot P90 or something. So I had to bring it back. I said, you got to balance these things because like now the the bridge pickup, yeah, wasn't doing a thing. I'm like, you know, it's like it was there. It was nice, but I could use it for rhythm. But because it was the bridge pickup, it was the wrong one. It was too bright, you know. Mm -hmm. So like, so uh, I ended up taking it. Uh, he he uh, was suddenly he was really getting popular 
after that. And I was just using the front pickup for everything. It was like you could do anything with it. It was like, you know, mm -hmm. screamed. You can make mm -hmm. you can make it sound soft. You can make you can do jazz. You can do popular. You know. So then I ended up taking to a guy in East Village who worked on it and he bounced the pickups. And it's it's I'd say they're a little hotter than the original, but they are the original pickups and they've been rewound. It was mm -hmm. delirried. You know, so <laughs> well not really. I mean, I we kept I mean, I I, I wanted to if to just to be together, so you right. can, so the you volume and tone work together. Sure. Yeah. So, um, but it's uh, so you got an original. It's all Marzio hand wired, right? Pickup in there as well. Yeah. On top of all of the other right things with that guitar. Right. Well, but it's it's Jeez. the original pickup that he hand wired. Yeah. And that's so that's it was pretty experimental. You know, he didn't he and I just think he put a few more rounds in it. Me. Yeah. <laughs> is I that what you do to make him hotter? You yeah, that's what you do. I think he um, put a few more rounds on that thing. So yeah. I've communicated a, with Larry too, yeah. under different circumstances, but yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah. Uh, that's interesting. So, um, but uh, he's he ha his pickups tend to sound a little sharp in, yeah. in, in the things, and I've I've leaned more towards the Seymour Duncan's in the last twenty years. Mm. Demarzio is known for yeah. uh, building the 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 hotter thicker yeah. pickup and and he uh, mm -hmm. does get credit for innovating yeah. um you know the four wire lead and yeah and, and he was he was really had it was local hey you got to take your guitar to this guy he'll fix it right so he was a local guy it was like if you said j thomas davis here you know he's a local mm -hmm. guy or john balzinius in in columbus you know, he's a local guy or, or phil almary at fret shop i mean it's just right he just he just local guys that did really good work and uh so that that kind of thing and, and then uh phil is really does incredible electrical work if you, you know him he just kind of he's pretty crazy but uh he's mm. done work for me before but basically when he worked on the guitar the the instructions were to keep it original but make it work and i, and I got more than i bargained for you know, okay. quite frankly. So it was a. That's cool. So, I had a reverse engineer, though. So you know. in case anything happens to him, I yeah. know, you know, <laughs> so yeah. you know how well, to fix it. If it goes out again, you. you talk to, you okay, talk well, to Jared. Yeah. Well, I don't <laughs> think we're amateur. We have, I've never had trouble with it after that. After it was balanced, it was fine. Yeah. And it, it, it still has the original tone. And yeah. I just think it's a little, has a little more punch to it. And you heard it. You guys will find sure. it. Yeah. So sure. instead of going up to 10, it goes up to 11. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like the old member of the amps that had that, the 11 <laughs> yeah. on the amp. Right, yeah. yeah. But who did that? Was that Spinal Tap. Spinal, Spinal Tap, yeah. right. I remember that the amp yeah. was like, I'm dead. So, yeah, uh, so yeah. you okay? So now you you're you're into your uh, you're into your jazz master. Right. You're playing out. Mm -hmm. You're playing some. You're playing hard rock. Mm -hmm. um, and you are you're in a couple bands. Right. Um, so, how long does that go? Or, or tell uh, tell me about when you when you're in the bands and you're yeah. kind of going like, yeah, I'm a band guy now and I'm playing mm -hmm. hard rock. Yeah. And then what? I think the, uh, I'm, I'm yeah. priming you. I know what the, you're thinking. The, about, and yeah. then what is what a lot of us hit. Okay. Well, the then what was I wasn't being challenged. Mm -hmm. But the then what was interesting, too, because my father was right. He said, you play society music, you're going to make money, you're going to do stuff, you're going to pay for college. And quite frankly, he was right. I changed my venue. I started doing 50s music. I started doing the 30s and the 40s. I started playing a little bit with him. And the next thing I knew, I was, you know, I was making money, I was doing weddings, bar mitzvahs, I was wearing velvet jackets and bow ties, yeah. and you know, the guys weren't that excited about my bold buddies, because, but I could still you know, rock and roll with them. Yeah. But 
not only did I have money in my pocket, but you started meeting some really nice girls. Like sure. again, uh, the yeah. reward on the icing on the cake. They, you know, like wow, because they look you when you're wearing and you're dressed up and you're wearing a suit. They think you're going somewhere, right. and you may not be going anywhere except home. I but love you know, that it's the John perception. Guy. He's so classy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and they talk like that in Staten Island. I you know. know. Like they just that. Uh, so so uh, handsome. That, but if. Uh, and it's it's interesting. You started like well, you know, there's there's a lot to this. If you're going to make this a career, you may as well do that, right? Yeah. And so I was. Uh, I remember I was at, uh, and it's very interesting. I was I was playing some music, and uh, I was I was in a basement, and a guy had a guitar behind the bar, and he said, "I got an old guitar behind the bar. I said, what would you buy it for?" I said, "I don't know. I I only had like." 30 bucks in my pocket, which was a lot of money back then for me to have in my pocket. Mm. So he pulls it out, and it's a Gibson ES-175. It was he, We didn't know it, but it was in 1953. Oh, wow. Holy that's a single P90 in it. That's early. A single P90, and I'm playing the white jazz master. And I, so I'll get, I told him, I'll give you everything in my pocket. He goes, how much you got in your pocket? And I opened it, and I had 30, 35 bucks, 30, 35 dollars. He says, I haven't played it. Take it. <laughs> oh, you got to be kidding me. I gave him 35 bucks for it. <laughs> Cha-ching. It even had a case. It had the original case with the pink interior. Yeah, but here's the, case, here's the yeah. thing. The arch top was crushed because the ribs let go. Oh, okay. So it was down a little bit. Right. And uh, I took it to Mandolin Brothers, and they took the top off and steamed the top wow. till the right spot. And I ended up putting $250 in that guitar. And when I got back, I had a beautiful 1953 Gibson ES-175 with a P90 pickup in it, played superb. Wow. I ended up not playing that guitar for a lot of years. I played that guitar from 1971 <laughs> till about... Six years ago, I mean that's wow. like a, that's like a five thousand dollar guitar now. Did you have to get a refret? I mean, did you? It didn't need frets. It needed Nothing? the top steamed, and that was a ton of money. That was basically. I meant throughout the period that you've had it, because that's yeah. a long time. I mean, my dad had a '69 Gibson Dove, and right. I mean the the, the fretware on that thing. Well, I played it. It it played out, and I and and I ended ended up trading it for a brand new Gibson L4. And the guitar, I loved it, but even my wife looked at it. She goes, I can't believe you're getting rid of that guitar. And then a friend of mine, Tim, uh, Tim Montgomery Sr., he was my horn player. He used to be, play trumpet for me, and we'd get together, and he goes, I can't believe you'd let that guitar go. And I said, it's wall art now. And it really was. The neck Just was starting you know, to go, you yeah. know, because I had the cutaway, and it was, it was, it was yeah. caving in. It and did its job for me. It did its job. Yeah. And I always wanted an L5 or an L4, and I tr I literally sold it. It's a little bit bigger it. body, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. And so I got $3,100 out of it, and I got an L4. Nice. That's that's a good price bag. When did you get rid of it? About eight years ago. I guess. Oh, okay. That's when the market ago. was pretty high. Yeah. yeah. So, so and, and it was beautiful. It was still wow. beautiful. And then I saw a guy playing it. Now the sunburn. That's a, a sun, sunburst, It's, a, it's right? actually two tone. It's only it's tobacco. It's like brown and it brown was and there was no red in it. It was brown and black. Yeah. Two like tone, a, that's volume like a tone. tobacco, right? Yeah. 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 One P ninety in it, and uh, so. 
Wow. So that's pretty wild, you know? <laughs> so thirty five dollars. That's mental. <laughs> but you know, you run into something like that. But then I ended up paying two fifty for it. So you know, you think about it for the re restoration. Yeah. But and I played it for twenty years. You know, yeah. So. Wow. So what you but, you got an L four? He gives an L four. Yeah. What is that? What what? I mean, I know what it is, but yeah. You describe but now it. you're describe playing it. really. I mean, it's got a wonderful jazz sound and everything. The problem is, is that it fed, it fed always got feedback. Yeah, and you had a you literally had to stuff your Pretty underwear thick body, in the, right? the f holes and things like that. Because what I realized is that the pickups were mounted on the top, and that was what created the resonant. Yeah, and I had two, and it was a beautiful guy. And when you put the one seventy five next, the new one seventy five next to the new L four, you looked at it, and they were the same car, guitar, except one had a, a plywood top. The one seventy five had a plywood top, and the L four had a carved top. Mm -hmm. Well, that added to the problem, so I ended up. Uh, selling that at Mandolin Brothers and buying a Gibson 335. <laughs> and Came full circle back I, to the 335. I got a Candy Apple Gibson 335 <laughs> and a 56 Telecaster. Oh, man. So I try, they, the, the, the 53 Gibson turned into two really nice guitars. So you have an actual 1956? No, it's a 1980 reissue 56 reissue. Custom Shop. Nice. Okay. And I'll tell you that, if you think that guitar plays... The other one, that one. I was playing that one yesterday, teaching, and I was doing all venture stuff, and that's why yeah. I was fooling around with oh, the ventures. I, I mean, that's the venture guitar, yeah. you know. And I and I went through, uh, uh, what do you call it? I was going through the Princeton, and also the Vibrolux. You, but you're talking about the Jazz Master, at this right? Point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I used the, the the Stratocaster when I was teaching uh -huh. just uh, two days ago. Okay, all the venture stuff. So. That the eight, the early '80s custom shopper issues. Those alone are. Yeah. Pretty valuable, and I really love how they built those. Oh, the guitars They're great guitars. That yeah. they just did a fantastic job back mm -hmm. then. Yeah, so uh, it's it's a gorgeous guitar. And what's nice when I got it, it came with all the goodies. I mean, it came with a strap. It came. It Piece has a candy. three. It yep. has a three way switch, and it came with a five way in the box what? and an ashtray. You know the ashtray cover? Yeah, yeah. I got the ashtray cover, the five-way switch. But I never changed it. I said, I'm leaving the three-way, and I'm putting it in between. Mm -hmm. Right, you jam it in between the... Right, because that yeah. was the right way to do it. And <laughs> it was like, and then so my student comes in, and he's got, you know, one of these, we call it the Mexican Telecaster mm -hmm. uh, Stage Masters with the humbucker on the bottom. Oh, uh, the, oh uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a, modern. Uh, they're very good. I mean, they're very, very good guitars, but... It, it doesn't it's have different. the sound. It's not and he's got a five-way switch, so I said, well, here, try this. And and then and I showed him you have to put it in between uh -huh. the, the first and the second to get, and you're, you're down by the bridge, and it just screams. Sure. But uh, that's a nice guitar. That's, yeah. Uh, I've had a lot of offers to buy that, and I have not sold it. It's then, just, uh, don't you know, it's got it. the tweed case. I mean, everything yeah. is. It keeps, what it color is it? It's it's the, the two-tone tobacco. Okay. So it's no red. It's just. It's a 56 copy or 56 reissue 1980. Okay. So it was like a anniversary model or something yeah. like that. So, and and then you got the 335, mm -hmm. which you had always wanted, and you right, finally got it. Got it. Yeah, and I play it out of Christmas because it's, it's, it's fire in. Bright that, red, yeah. And it's you got, got the bear it. claw in it and everything. That. What year a, is that? That's a, I, I believe that's a, excuse me, that, that was a, like a 96. Okay. Bear claw. Okay. Bear claw is the when you see the, like the vein, the the radiance in the in the the wood. 
Okay. Flame. Like, bear like flame. Claw. Like the flame. Okay. It's called bear claw or okay. flame. And, uh, nice. So, uh, and it has the bear claw Never on the front. Never heard that term, the bear claw. Well, cabinet guys use it. And, okay. And I work with a lot of guys doing stores and store fixtures, and you know, they, oh, yeah, they call okay. it the bear claw. And, Interesting. But uh, so, but it, now, so, just to be clear, in the guitar yeah, world, yeah. that would be... we. We'd call that flame. Is that right. different than flame? No, it's the same. Same thing it's as flame. The same, okay. The same yeah, thing. when you when you have your top and you're yeah. tilting it towards a light and you right. see it change colors right. and all that kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. If, if yeah. It, it like moves. It's it's well, a beautiful thing. So there's yeah. I mean, there's a couple different things. There's a quilted right. top, there's a flame top, there's a bubble. Yeah. There's like right. all those different variants. Yeah. You know. Bird's eye maple. Yeah. Well, this uh, is a bird's eye maple with the flame and it's just nice. gorgeous. Oh and, wow. Uh, yeah, I fell over that one. That was like, oh, I think I'll buy this, you know. So, so yeah. can I ask? Sure. Like, what what did that set you back? That set me back um, about eighteen hundred dollars. That's it. That's not bad. Yeah, it was it's not bad at all. It was, it was, I was getting ready was, for a, a, it was a whopper. Right, but you're thinking of today's numbers. Yeah, see? true. And also, and also, it was used. And, and, and it when was, it was used, but was it vintage? Uh I I wouldn't call it vintage. Okay. I think it looks it's it made I mean the binding is is deliberately yellowed and things okay. like that, but it's not heavy yellowing. Yeah. It's so, not nineteen fifty six vintage, but it is still kind of vintage. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're talking, about the, three, talking about the three thirty five. Right. The three thirty five and the fifty six was just red and it was a maple top, something like right. the table here. Yeah. But it, it didn't have any of the bear claw or the or the, or the flaming right, and things right. like that. That was something that was added top. in the eighties and the nineties. Yeah. Actually yeah. the nineties, that's what it and I think they're making better guitars today. I mean, when I'm seeing it and yeah. I'm comparing it and because I've played the old guitars. Yeah. And then I've had them and uh went through a bunch of them. Uh I have I had I had a seventy one Martin D twenty eight. You know, and, and I sold that, and actually I traded that for a, a, a nineteen two thousand one. I traded it for a new Japanese D'Angelico. Oh, what hmm. a guitar that is! I mean, and uh, it's uh, yeah, that's another story. What is that acoustic or arch top? That's an arch top. Uh, okay, the Angelico New Yorker. Yeah, and uh, still, I mean, when I was in high school, I remember going down to Forty Eighth Street, and there was all these guitar stores. And you'd walk down the street, it was on 48, there was like five stores. And it was Sam Ash, there was uh, Music Exchange, there was all these different stores and they just had gorgeous guitars. And I walked in there and I'm, oh, I'm a junior in high school, how old are you? They had a uh, an original D'Angelico New Yorker on the wall. Mm-hmm. And I asked to play it. And the guy looks at me, I'm just a long haired kid from high school, Cut in school. I mean, yeah, <laughs> so, you know, yeah. my my class, my school's on 59th Street and Second Avenue. You know, I'm on 48th and like 60. Like, like so here I am, and uh, I don't know if I was cutting school, but I was with my two other buddies, and we, you know, he snuck out. And we, so, but uh, so I he I said, you know, I, I I don't know if I have the money, but he he realized I was being really honest with him. He let me play at it. Wow. And it was like. And you proved your salt. He was like, "Oh, okay, you can play." Yeah, and then and, and he let me play it, and and it was like, "What a guitar!" But it was so far out of my range. It was like back then they were like eight hundred, nine hundred dollars, and mm. so. Um, so what about it was yeah. you know when what? you say what a guitar? Yeah, I've never picked up a D'Angelico. Mm. I mean, I've seen them. Yeah, I've never mm. picked one up. Well, they make them now, but they're out of Japan, China. Yeah. And those are not bad guitars. They're really nice guitars, but they they don't have the essence 
of the originals that that we talk about that. Right. Uh, but in 2001, if you went to the Nam show, mm-hmm. what they did is the there's uh, the company that did it, and it just escapes me the name, but um, they bought a sixty thousand or hundred thousand dollar D'Angelico here. They took it to Japan and knocked it off completely. Okay. And they brought five of them to the 2001 Nam show, mm-hmm. and and that was in California. Mm-hmm. And uh, those five guitars were sold at the show. Hmm. They were sold at the show. And one of them ended up in Buffalo, New York. Mm-hmm. And the guy was going through a divorce. And we just started eBay and YouTube, and that's when it was on there. And you bought that one. And I bought that guitar. So you have one of the five original. T- oh, my gosh. Right. Now, that guitar was interesting is that it's if you look at the Mel Bay book, it's that guitar that's on the cover. No kidding. That it's I that. always wanted that guitar. I always want. I mean, I stared at it for years and years and years. Yeah, and I played too. one back in 1968 and 69. And then, so uh, when on my 50th birthday or something like that, I was like right around then. I, uh, I went. I, I went up to uh, Buffalo and we met at uh, one of the hotels up there, and I had a little mess of boogie amp. Sat it down. He showed up. I played it in the lobby. People were all gathered around us and. I gave him a check, and that was it. Wow. I gave him a, oh, a, a week old certified check. Sure. And I took it home. And wow. I, so uh, you've never you, seen that one. That's like I play no, that I one all the time. No, I haven't. That's, uh, yeah. So I've, I'm definitely an arch top guy now. Yeah. You know? And uh, so. Interesting. Yeah. I know that you were talking about. Yeah. You were. You mentioned you were gonna. You were thinking about picking up this other one. Uh, I think one of the other times that you were over at the house. Uh, um, I'm trying to remember. Yeah. Did wonder, you know what? I didn't pick up anything recently, but I know like, I, I'm always looking at stuff. Yeah, you know? I, like, you, I think you. it was a pretty high-dollar yeah. investment you were talking about. But was it Paul Reed Smith, PRS? No. I've been looking at those lately. That's the only one I have not owned. And uh, I, I've bought it a lot and, and bought and sold because that was the only way you'd know if you'd like it. Hey, that's how I know? do it. And I that's the only way I, I mean, can I'll, do it. I've I've kept guitars as short as that. two weeks, and then like that's not for me. And I I'd lose like today if I lose fifty bucks on it or hundred bucks. Yeah. It I learned something, and I, I and I'll do better the next one. And yeah, I uh, that's that's just what it is. Yeah. You know? No, I so. I'm right there with you. I actually mm-hmm. created a started to create a diagram uh, <laughs> of like my purchases and trades. Yeah, and yeah. See how they've you know. They yeah. all came from one, yeah. And now there's a big family of yeah, them. guitars, yeah. And it's just, it's, you know, on on I've got a couple where like I sold mm-hmm. one, yeah, which gave me two, yeah, right. That's which like, gave me that's the L4 a one did. better yeah, one, yeah. <laughs> which yeah. The, you know, it's just it's I get such a kick out of that, and you know, the, any any of our listeners know I yeah. say this all the time. Like I'm on Craigslist, yeah, at, at least an hour a day. Really? That's right. That's that's a it's, habit. That's a okay. it's a habit. It, <laughs> so, you know, it could be dangerous too. You know? It well, yeah, yeah. I'm not. Yeah, my there are certain family members that don't appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know, I, I got that too. But like you know, it, it, it's okay. It'll yeah. change. Okay, so <laughs> yeah, so yeah. we've given us some history on on the playing, yeah. and you are you know uh, you are at an uh, at an age where at some point yeah. you you figured out like, hey, I I'm not going to be playing out at rock music anymore. Right. Yeah. Um, and I have this great knowledge of guitar. I love guitar. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. 
what took you into the realm of like, I should teach? Oh, that was years ago. Well, okay, here's a, that goes back to when I bought the Jazz Master and I was 16. Uh, what, what? Yes, when I what I figured out is because I had my brother's books, and I had I I owed my father like you know 35 45 dollars like easily right yeah. you know so like so I said I got to pay my dad back and you know we made a deal and I when I I grew up if you made a deal and you shook hands on sure. it I mean I shook hands with my dad and then I shook hands with the guy who sold us the guitar. So then uh, what I did is I started teaching the kids next door and the neighbor's kids guitars. Okay. Mm. And they wanted to play. So, well, I could teach you how to play. So, so I uh, started teaching them guitar. And then next thing, you know, by word of mouth, I got another student, another one, and people were bringing the kids over. I paid my dad back. I bought a Bandmaster amplifier. Mm. I bought a Custom. I built a stack with horns and everything. It wasn't a Marshall, but it was dang loud. And mm -hmm. so I, I started teaching the, the kids guitars. And uh, next thing I knew, I had, like I said, I had the bandmaster, and I uh, and I built a stack. And if the students played really well, I let them play through the monster. You see, right. and they would come back because that was like the coolest thing. <laughs> and then, uh, then uh, when I hit eighteen, I was I I got a driver's license. And then I realized that the piano teachers always came to your house if you didn't go to the piano studio. So then I started charging to go to a person's house like a piano teacher. So you not only made the money teaching the lesson, you made the money by you you traveled to their house, their house. And you were able to organize it. So when I wasn't at college, I was able to you know, have so many students on like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and no and things like that. So I I paid my college playing guitar. See now, teaching. I don't know why I just assumed yeah. that you did, decided to do that later on in life. I, I did do it. I later wonder on why again, that though. assumption is though. Mm -hmm. yeah, interesting. Yeah. So that's when I when I did that. But uh, okay. what what's interesting is that you know you grow up and things change. And I was playing out. I was playing in clubs and things like that. You've and then. What I've learned, though, is to teach, you need at least nine students to keep you on your game. You need, that's the, that's the cutoff. You, if you have less than nine students a week, you, and if you're not practicing those other, you know, hours, so to speak, uh, you really are not on your game. You have to put in, you know, nine hours a week, you know, something like that. And this is coming from a lifelong right. player with a lot of talent, yeah. everybody. Yeah. So... Practice. It's practice. 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 <laughs> and as, there's nothing like going over the fundamentals with a student and getting you paid for it, and that's your practice time. Right. And it was almost a selfish thing. Is like I taught because first because I needed to pay my dad back, but then I realized I had cash in my pocket. I started playing out society bands, and I started doing that. And the I paid for college, and and uh, you know. Did architectural engineering and things like that, and design mm -hmm. work, and uh, you know, teaching, and and I got a teaching degree, and mm -hmm. uh, but it was like when you started going through all that, you realized that you can build on what you know, mm -hmm. and the key to teaching is you just gotta be ahead of the student by one lesson. <laughs> I mean, I had some pretty good lessons, and I've had students that really pushed me because like I knew they were coming back next week, and I didn't have what I was teaching them, but I had it well enough to show them how to do it. And they'd leave, and I go, oh, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta work on that. Yeah. I have students right now where I'm teaching them how to read second and third position on a guitar, and you just don't 
play in third position unless you're playing lead. You're not you're not thinking down there. You yeah. see, but if you're reading, I know, definitely sick, do not think down there. You know, but <laughs> yeah. So uh, so you, you have to apply that. So, uh, but then I I moved to Columbus with American Electric Power because I was in a mechanical design yeah. division, and uh, I, I think the interesting story on that is. Here I am, I'm 26 years old. I'm in Columbus, Ohio. I'm a guitar player, and I know no one. Mm. So yeah, well, me too. That's how. That's what happened when I got here. <laughs> oh, really? yeah, that's right. You came to California. Same thing. Yeah. So I did what I did in New York. I went to all the guitar shops, and I, you know, met the guys down at uh, there. In, was that uh, it's it's High Street South? Yep, they, yep. Was that? Group, it was like Groovy Dog. They get together on Saturday mornings and yeah, play yeah. and, you know, yeah. that kind of little country music mm-hmm. and things like that. It wasn't my thing, but it was good. I really enjoyed it. I loved the company. And then I ended up on campus at a at a store called The String Shop. Mm-hmm. Do you guys remember The String Shop? Maybe that was I probably after you. It was right next to the Agora, which is now the, we call film, we call, it's not the Agora anymore. It's called something else. Um, with the rock, right, 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 it's on 17th Street, 17 and high. Or, is it, what is it? Newport. Newport. It's the okay. Newport, Newport now. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. You know it's the Newport. Yeah, yeah. I knew it oh, as the Agora. A, that's a fantastic place. You know? I mean, I moved here so, like 10 years ago. Yeah, so, so uh, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, Todd Runger was showing up there. You know, and I knew him. You know, like, <laughs> from, you, you knew Todd Runger? Just, we, we've met, you know. Okay. You know, how, not, how, how did you run into him? Oh, it's, he was playing with someone that I knew was in his band. Okay. And then he came to the Agora and I, you know, said hello. And it was right. that, you know, so, you know he wasn't even hanging around. He was like, so it was just that kind of thing. Interesting. But it's like you're running He's people. a character. Yeah, yeah he is. <laughs> so I mean, from from what I've seen, yeah, I, so, I don't know him. But he was, a, I think he was from Detroit, wasn't he? I think, I think he was from Detroit area. But uh, someone from Staten Island was in his band and I... Yeah, Casim uh, Sultan was the guy's name. Was huh. his bassist, and I, you know, said hello to him and that kind of stuff. But uh, well, but, uh, so you got your you got yeah. your students that you're keeping you busy right. all the time now. You're yeah. you're playing out yeah. regularly. I think. Yeah. I, I mean, I, mm-hmm. I don't know if I'm speaking for everybody, but yeah, I hope I have. I'm still active, <laughs> playing. Uh, and I don't mean as an age, like, well, I hope I'm still active when I'm old. But <laughs> Hold on, let me get my, my, my candy. Hold on. Um, it's next to my guitar. But oh. I mean, <laughs> I mean, being plugged, you know, figuratively plugged in, mm-hmm. in some way. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think a lot of us get into, you know, we go like, ah, yeah, I got stuff. Now I'm in a rock band. Mm-hmm. And then the then what happens? Yeah. Or you move and you lose. You're yeah. completely. When I moved from California to Minnesota, yeah. I was com- I was out oh. of it for five, almost five years. Yeah, it was brutal because I yeah. come from a very rich music scene yeah. in Orange County, California. Oh wow, yeah. And then come out here. This is an incredibly rich music scene here. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I was very lucky, and I just had to start putting myself out there. But once I get past, you know, like I can only do the punk stuff for, yeah, I don't know I mean there's some pretty old punkers and stuff out there too but <laughs> I, I mean, it's just it 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 struck me when when we met I was like wait a minute this guy's this guy's way more he's doing more guitar stuff than I am and that was intriguing to me from like okay so what paths you know does one take to get there and to stay on top of the game which brings me to yeah 
Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to have to, you know, start pulling things together here. Yeah. Um, I asked you earlier, I said, mm-hmm. you know, you have a ton of experience. Mm-hmm. You've played just about every kind of, you know, guitar, guitar brand. We've, we've talked about many. The what? Disco. Disco. <laughs> Disco made money. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, and, you know, when you came over to my house the first time, like, I just wanted to start asking you a million questions, but I mm. knew that that would have been incredibly rude, and I just wanted to listen to you play, quite honestly. Yeah. Um, so I asked you to kind of give us two things. Mm-hmm. A, like, a couple of tips mm-hmm. uh, uh, for, like, if you're going to play... Mm-hmm. These are the these are the things you gotta know. Like, mm-hmm. get these things down, and and some of this could be general knowledge for a lot mm-hmm. of people. But yeah. I felt like it was worth asking. And the other thing was, um, what are a couple things that you, as a constant student, mm-hmm. hopefully we are all constant students, not only in guitar but in life. You know, I think it's really important. I am, I'm very very aware of that. Yeah. Um, and I'm a I'm a bad student, <laughs> bad guitar student, because <laughs> yeah. I get stuck playing like, oh, this, I like playing this. I want to play this. I want to mm-hmm. play this, right? And you get stuck, and it's hard. It's hard to discipline yourself to to to, mm-hmm. to push yourself out of that. So, what are a couple things that you got to know mm-hmm. for sure? Just okay. for those anybody who's starting out or anybody repicking up, and then what are a couple things yeah. that to be the best guitar student that you can on your own to do okay well a first answer on that is i would learn how to read music reading music and understanding chords and chord constructions one of the things that i teach is i do not teach a person to memorize a chord i teach them how to find the sixth tone in other words if you're playing a g6 or a c6 you're going to find the sixth tone if you're playing uh, if I tell you got to play the ninth, you know, you know what is the ninth tone? And I like to teach them chord constructions. And if you understand the constructions in the two bar chord positions, which are the two main ones, there's a lot of them. There's at least five. But if you in the first, which you're following the E string and the A string, I would first, you know, learn the chords, learn where the notes are, you know, and then from learning the notes. Learn the constructions. So if you see a B flat minus seven flat five, you can do you can do your minor, you can add the seventh, and you can and you can add your flatted fifth. You see, and that's it's that kind of thing. And then you'll start memorizing those constructions because you'll see those things coming up a lot as the music as you're working with it. So there's nothing. Uh, one of the things I do with my students, I get them to read something fairly hard, quickly. So that they don't get intimidated by sheet music. Mm-hmm. Now that is intimidating. It is, and 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 I don't like to teach tablature until the second year or the third year with a student because if you start a student on tablature, you'll never learn how to read the staff mm-hmm. of a real music. Mm-hmm. So in that way, I'm I'm, I'm you know a, a formal player, and that mm-hmm. because you if you learn how to read and then you can you can build that. So you learn how to read, you understand the chord constructions. The next thing is understanding the circle of fifths and how it relates to the different you know, chords. And we can have a whole lesson on how the circle of fifth works and knowing your sharps and the flats and you know, yeah. you know, things like that and how they relate. And then uh, the biggest secret, 
and I'm gonna give you a little secret, okay? Yay. The G seventh, the seventh chord is your doorway chord. Okay. How do you mean? Okay, when you see a seventh chord, mm-hmm. let's say you're coming along and you see a seventh chord, and then you see like this suddenly all these accidentals. That told you that the key just changed. You see, a lot of people don't get that. They'll say, oh gosh, it's it's the chord's simple, but I got old now it's changing, you know, and things mm-hmm. like that. Well, every measure respects a key. And people don't realize every measure respects a key. It may not be the key you've started with, mm-hmm. but it respects the key that it's in. And that's, of course, this isn't, we can go into an extended theory lesson on this. Uh, but so answering your first question, read chords, chord construction, circle of fifths, and then understand what each chord, like like the, the seventh chord being the doorway into a key mm-hmm. when you're changing keys and things like that. Uh, that's the first question. Uh, the second that's the first answer. The second one, to improve, is that is that was basically what what I want to be a student on next, or how I would improve myself. I can yeah, I think I think please. as you, uh, you know, there are certain things where like, hey, fundamentally, do these things. Right. But as you, uh, even if you have those fundamentals down, right? Because yeah. I, I I know that there are people who are like, that was all completely Greek to me. Right. Or I That's don't okay. know what the heck he just said. And there's also a lot of people out there going like, amen, brother, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. So yeah. Mm-hmm. beyond that, mm-hmm. as someone who is uh, just keeping up you know, your dailies or, or mm-hmm. looking for new ways to, to improve, um, mm-hmm. what are a couple tips that you have that you might give to students who mm-hmm. are maybe... Um, just looking to stay fresh. How yeah. do you stay fresh? How do I stay fresh? Well, the way I stay fresh is I teach guitar. Uh-huh. And uh, and I force myself to practice. But here's the thing is, even at my age, I'm 63, and you asked me that before, I don't want to practice. I'll tell you, when I come home from my you know day job and I'm doing engineering work and I come home and I sit down and it's 6.30 and I had dinner, I, I just want to do nothing. I mean, other people do that, right? <laughs> yeah. And I love guitar. So, but if I have, if I go to the studio and I teach, that forces me to stay on my game. Okay. So that's the the first thing that I would I do. I deliberately schedule students on a selfish level, but I, I but there are also a lot of like now my students are going to Iowa State. They're in this you know, in the school of jazz. They're starting their own groups. I'm going to hear them. You know, when I go out, I don't. And I don't hear, you know, at the church that we go to, a lot of the people that play in the, the youth band took lessons from me or are taking lessons. And it's mm-hmm. good. I mean, it's just very yeah. rewarding to see that. And you know you're contributing to their life. So I'm so, going to, let me touch something real quick. You sure. just said you hate to practice. Yeah. And I think that is, for me personally, mm-hmm. always been, like, because I started mm-hmm. in violin when I, like, when I was a kid oh, too. Was that a nightmare? It was awful. <laughs> it was awful because I'm so an ear player. Violin, like. Yeah. And all I wanted to do was I heard Rocky, the, you know, the, the commercials, and I would just sit there and copy the commercials. Right. So, but I couldn't play Mary Had a Little Lamb by reading it. Yeah. But I could, I could play the theme to Rocky <laughs> yeah. by ear. Mm-hmm. And so when, when the idea of, like, I got to go practice, and that's when you fall into the trap of going into the familiar. Right. Right? Mm-hmm. So when you say... Mm-hmm. Like let's say you're not you don't you're not teaching you don't have a student. Mm-hmm. What's a what is a good way to get out of that rut, or or to, or to get okay. over that hurdle? Well, here's here's what I do, and it works really well. First of all, uh, 
I don't remember a lot of stuff. I read a lot of charts now. It's mm -hmm. like when I was playing the guitar and I was just sitting there. I, I play like five songs, you know, twice. But if I pulled my book out, there's six hours worth of music. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I could play that. I, I forgot that I knew that one, mm -hmm. you know. So the way you get out of the rut is to have sheet music, even if it's just words and chords and you're changing the song. I mean, mm -hmm. so in other words, you're not playing the stuff that you're familiar with. Right. You're forcing yourself to, to open up. Yeah. Even if you're reading tablature or, or regular scores or Whatever you're doing, force yourself with with an agenda. Mm -hmm. yeah. Good. Yeah. That's stuff to carry with us in moving forward. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Okay, we're going to get to our uh, top four. Yeah. And so our top four today, our top four, is technique we would most like to improve on. <laughs> now, interest. This is kind of hilarious because we have yeah. somebody who's extremely skilled, extremely knowledgeable, and um, practiced and experienced. Um, someone who is pretty skilled. Pretty, Jared. You're pretty. You're a good player, man. I'm okay. You're good. I can blend in. And then with you got a hack. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Okay, so, uh, Jared, let's go to you. You know, honestly, I mentioned this uh, before uh, when I was talking earlier with John, is that I, I like the pentatonic scale when I do leads, and I just need to break out of the same habits, playing the same runs up and down the fretboard. I, I got to get out of the box. You know, that's what I'm going to do, and... Mm -hmm. And I've done that before by picking new uh, solos out of classic songs that I've heard a million times and just taking the time to learn those solos inside and out perfectly. And I need to do that more often because every time I do that and, and learn a new solo, I learn a new skill. The way you do that is you listen to Charlie Christian, okay? And he played with Duke Ellington, if I'm not mistaken, right? And he, he actually followed the horn players to learn how to play his leads. Oh, interesting. And I, didn't, I didn't know he played with I mean, I, yeah. I know Charlie Christian because of the pickup that was named after Charlie <laughs> Christian. I mean. Well, you're not going to get a lot of stuff from him. But if, right. if you, look up, you look him up and you'll, you'll see, you know, Charlie Christian, you'll, you'll see the... But he, he played like a horn player. Interesting. And it was a clean sound. I know sound. what you mean. It, you know, I'm, I am going to take a listen to him. You see? And it, there's only about one or two albums out there because he died at 25. I mean, you know. Oh, dear. And so, uh, and he, he actually died in Staten Island. Did you know that? No. He died in Staten Island. It's the Island Hospital or something like that. But he was, I mean, I, was, I wasn't even born yet. You know, it was oh. like 1940, so maybe 53. I appreciate that. Oh, yeah. And so um, what I would want to work on personally is I want to, I like I need to work again on my scales. I noticed that if I'm not practicing my scales, you know, where you're doing your, your major scale, your Dorian note scale, your Ferrigian scale, you, do, you just go through them where you're starting with the next note and you're walking it through. you got to get used to those tonal qualities. And those tonal qualities give you uh, the ability to, oh, I can hear that. And like they say, what's a melody if it doesn't have a Dorian scale? It's true. You know, and it's... So Did they say that in like an old-timey voice, like... 
What's a melody for those Navadorians? <laughs> well, actually, it's you know, it's you're starting on the second note of a scale, and you're ending mm. on the second note. Well, that gives you a whole different tonal quality, you see, and that's where you, a lot of great melodies came out of starting the the song with the second tone of the scale. So you started an example. You started with a C chord, but it actually started on a D note, you mm. see. And so it's very simple. I'm simplifying it, but then from that. Then you you know you do your arpeggio steps up from that, and then suddenly you've got this gorgeous melody, but you're still in the key of C. Mm. You see, and one of the things that I, I find when I'm sitting down with students, I try to explain them that an A minor chord is a chord is a relative minor to the C. Well, if you're doing your pentatonics, you know it's A minor pentatonic in the key of C, unless you're doing like three chords in this rock and roll. But like if it's in everything else, you're going to use that. Pentatonic scale, uh, you know, in in A minor. But then if you use it as a chromatic, it's beautiful. The best way to do that has someone play an A minor chord while you play a C chord, and then reverse it, mm. and it has an orchestral sound. It's full, fills the whole room. Mm. You can do that with G and E minor. You can do it F and D minor. You see, so there's your relative minors, and uh, the relative minors are they're good. They're good relatives to have. And uh, just <laughs> so so you start understanding your theory and it, it all works together. So I mean, in teaching, that's how that I got to brush up on my theory. I don't think yeah. I've ever learned it. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, I got to get some of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. Honestly, I do. I need a theory it, pedal. So, that's what right. I yeah. need. <laughs> <laughs> all so, right. Yeah. Um, let's see. I would just, I, I want to be more articulate with, I, I want my fingers to be more articulate mm -hmm. Because I, I enjoy playing rhythm mostly, mm -hmm. and so like we talked earlier, I was like, man, you know, really like, uh, I like the idea of playing gypsy jazz or or mm -hmm. you know jazz chords. I, I l really love listening to them. Mm -hmm. I don't know that I have the occasion to actually play them out. I'm mm -hmm. doing other things that don't require that, mm -hmm. but. As a as a player practicing at home, I, I very much would like to do that, and that is a lot of those things are foreign to what my fingers want to do. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so I I would like to uh, have better articulation, um, just moving across the board, mm -hmm. and that's just that requires practice, <laughs> uh, which is why I, he's rolling. He's, he's ready. <laughs> he's like, you gotta practice, sonny boy. Yeah. Just yeah. get a couple of guitar students. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Start with your daughters. You're like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're going to learn guitar today. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying. I'm, yeah. I'm trying. It's hard to teach your kids. My own two sons did not gravitate to, you know, um, yeah. but my, my uh, you know, we have kids, we have, you know, people married into the family. They're like right in it. You know, they're yeah. playing. They'll, they'll take yeah. lessons. But yeah. when they're blood relative, it's really. Mm. My dad taught me you know, one lesson. He taught me yeah. D. A and yeah. E. Yeah. From then on, and maybe G. I don't remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the so first and only lesson he already gave me. Yeah. That was it. I yeah. mean. Yeah. Well, cool guys. Running. Yeah. I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna wrap this one. Mm -hmm. um, and John, we really appreciate you coming by. Yeah, you were all worried that you didn't. We're gonna have a talk enough to talk about, and we're, I, we're pushing quite a long time on this. Oh, okay. One. It was a pleasure. Yeah. It was. It was, it was, really it was awesome. I, I hope everyone who's listening uh, appreciated it as much as we did. Um, you know, it, sometimes it's it's strange hearing from somebody that isn't either familiar or famous. Um, 
uh, and um, you know it's also not super often that you get to talk to somebody that has as much knowledge and history in uh, this thing that we love called guitar so very much appreciated thanks very much Thank and you. what was the other thing oh yeah subscribe <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's it for these knobs. Please visit us at our website at theguitarknobs.com for episodes, news, and guest profiles. You can get all social with us on our Facebook group at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash guitar knobs. Give us a tweet at guitar underscore knobs. And check out our gallery on Instagram at guitar knobs. No spaces on that one.